greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. time from parts unknown at a total combined weight of 557 pounds rex and spot the moon dogs and their opponents from Tampa, florida weighing 262 pounds Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and his partner from Venice Beach, California, weighing 302 pounds, the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion, Paul Hogan! Those are two big tough guys in there. He's saying, come on out here to center ring. And 
Here comes Rex. Yes, the larger of the two, Moondog. Moondog, Rex with Paul Orndorff. Back to the corner. Goes downstairs. Tries to set him up. Yes, Welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I am your host, JP John Paz, here, part of the Two Man Power Trip Wrestling's Podcasting Empire on the TMPT feed. I, of course, am the One Man Power Trip, part of the Two Man Power Trip here. And each and every week here on the Hogan Era Podcast, we're talking about the greatest era ever 
in the history of the business, 1984 to 1993, the golden era of the WWF, as some like to call it. But, of course, it is the Hogan era, the era that made Vince McMahon a retired billionaire with apparently a huge goiter on his elbow. If you saw the recent picture, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Very um, weird, weird stuff going on there with the retired billionaire events. But be that as it may, we're talking about some of the greatest feuds, matches, and moments ever in the history of the business, of course, all predicating and surrounding the immortal Hulk Hogan with the Hulkster and this era. We had great feuds, obviously, Roddy Roddy Piper, Bobby the Brain Heenan, which we just talked about recently, Earthquake, Kamala, The Undertaker, Ric Flair, Sid Vicious, Andre the Giant, Macho Man, and so on and so on and so on. So many big-time feuds, so many great feuds going on. It's uh, pretty damn ridiculous if you uh, if you think about it, it just and just how crazy it is how many great feuds the Hulkster had and how pretty damn amazing the run was from eighty four to ninety three. I mean, it's pretty much unmatched in the business. It's just one of those times that wow, I can't believe you got thirty three million people are watching Hulk Hogan wrestle. Or, you know, I mean, it's just insane if you look at the numbers and just look back at the money and, and how much. He really influenced and changed the business, obviously changed it for the better. Last week, we talked about a very rare feud, something that was very cool, but definitely something you have to go out of your way to find. And maybe a lot of people did not know about it. And that was the Beverly Brothers and how they had a match against the Mega Maniacs, Hulk Hogan and Bruce DeBoer Beefcake. But this week, we're going to talk about another tag team. And they had some singles matches separately and obviously some tag matches together. With Hulk Hogan, that is the Moon Dogs. We're going to be talking about, of course, Moon Dog Rex and Moon Dog Spot. We will not be talking about Moon Dog King or any of the other Moon Dogs going on. We're st- strictly sticking to easy for me to say, strictly sticking to the 1984 and so on era in the WWF for the Moon Dogs. And it's interesting to note that they were part of the WWF for about two years, and I bet you. It kind of went under the radar, forgotten. They were more obviously known as being legends of Memphis and legends of the South and just really being just an unbelievable tag team and just really just dominating, you know, with, uh, CWA Memphis, USWA Memphis, um, Smoky Mountain even. I mean, they kind of really were, and even if you want to go even further down South, you go down to Puerto Rico, WWC. I mean, they really are just a legendary, legendary team with such a good lineage and such a good name. There's obviously so many different members of the group as you kind of go through its history, but man, what a gimmick. And, and these guys are just awesome. They just were, I don't know, they're completely different than anything you've ever seen before. I know like the name Moondog, it kind of I think emanated originally from some musician in the early 1900s. And it's kind of just a nickname and kind of a song that a DJ played or something. So, I mean, it's, it's like an old moniker. It's an old name, it's something born from the South that you, you know, a lot of people may not even realize it. Um, Lonnie Maine really became Moondog Maine. It was kind of the first Moondog, if you will. And that was basically in the early 70s in the WWF. But, I mean, it just continued on and continued on. There were so many other Moondogs as you go through the years, but just an interesting name, interesting gimmick, almost like um, like Junkyard Dog-esque type gimmick, if you will, not the wrestler. I mean, like literally those guys in the junkyard that you would see beating the shit out of people. That's just the 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 um, the look of, of the Moondogs. I mean, they had the ripped jeans. They just look like unkept, almost homeless uh, to a point. I mean, just look like 
two guys you just didn't want to fuck with, two guys you didn't want to mess with. They just look like, man, these guys are scary MFers. And they did have a run in the WF, like I said, for two years. And I feel like a lot of people didn't realize that. So it started 6-15-1984, B. Brian Blair and Spike Huber on a house show at the Keel Auditorium in St. Louis, Missouri, defeated Moondog Rex in Moondog Spot. Then, about a week later, two weeks later, the Moondogs would defeat Salvatore Belomo and Tony Correa in New York City. And they were kind of on their way there as they would, you know, defeat a bunch of other really, you know, I'd say low-level talent or you want to say uh, job guys or um, enhancement guys. They were beating those guys. But when they were in there against bigger names, the Moondogs would always take the loss. So, I mean, they're going through. 1984 and a very rare appearance of the fabulous Freebirds, Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy. They're beating them. The, the Wild Samoans are beating the Moondogs. The Briscoe brothers are beating the Moondogs. Rocky Johnson and SD Jones as a tag team were beating the Moondogs. The Tonga Kid and Jimmy Snuka were beating the Moondogs. But like I said, the Moondogs would get the wins over you know, lesser teams, enhancement guys, um, jobber guys. But they would be losing to guys like Barry Window, Mike Rotunda, U.S. Express. So it was one of the – and even – George Wells and Tony Atlas are going to take a loss in East Rutherford, New Jersey in 1985. But as we kind of roll through 84 and into 85, it's one of those things where, like, really, they were there for that long. Like, that's pretty crazy. I know there's about a year in between where they leave and they go back to Memphis in 85 and they reappear in 86. But really, 84, 85, and 86, they'll have a ton of appearances and a ton of matches, not a lot of which were on TV. I mean, they would fight the Rougeau brothers and lose on primetime wrestling. They'd be on MSG network losing to the, um, the American express and um, this time Danny Spivey Rotunda. Um, They would be on a bunch of, you know, all-star wrestling championship wrestling. Like I said, the MSG network prism network, but they really weren't on TV TV per se, as far as like, Big time shows or anything. I mean, superstars, yes, but they'll be losing the Islanders. But they're not on like gigantic shows. They did have a WWF World Tag Team title match on 7 12, 1986 at Madison Square Garden on the MSG Network. And they lose the British Bulldogs in a really good match in about 18 minutes. Pretty damn good showing there from the Moondogs that they would be able to keep up with the Bulldogs for uh, almost 20 minutes. But good stuff there. They would really, you know, not make their presence really known. Like no pay per views. I mean, they'd be on Nesson and Prism and MSG Network and, and all those, but really they were not on a lot of the major shows. And I think that's why a lot of people forget that the Moondogs were there and they weren't really treated like stars. I mean, they were really kind of like a, you know, I'd say enhancement team, but they were almost treated like one because anytime they would face a big team like Killer Bees or the Islanders, they're facing the loss and they're not on pay-per-views and they're not on, you know, they're on, the, on these bigger shows, but they're always losing on them. So. They're one of the, the almost forgotten teams of that era, but if you paid close attention, Hogan wrestled them a pretty you know fair amount of times. And obviously, you know you got to be able to sell shows when when they're in Memphis or Louisville, and who better to do that than guys that are kind of ingrained in that area and really could help you sell tickets and have Hogan wrestle them than Rex and Spot. I mean, it's it kind of a, a really perfect thing. And surprisingly, even in New York and Poughkeepsie, I know it's a really short match, but Hogan has a match against Moondog Spot in Poughkeepsie, New York. So it's really interesting kind of what they did with the Moondogs and where they were. But yeah, you know, they weren't going to be winning big time matches, but they were, you know, they were there. And then they, you know, they, they played a, a pivotal role here in, in the Hogan era. But it's funny, 84, 85, 86, the Moondogs and the WBF 
doing big things, if you will, but losing, but still being making money and and doing really well as far as being a part of the WWF. Of course, and, and I guess we can get into this now, but Rex, of course, was Randy Colley, and obviously Spot was uh, Larry Latham, but Rex was repackaged as Smash of Demolition along with Axe, Bill Eady. And then it, you know, it's pretty much like a kind of almost like a foreground conclusion here. Like people might really recognize him as as a, one of the Moon Dogs here. So it was pretty easily recognizable. I know Randy Colley said this before. I know it's kind of been out there, but fans recognized him as Moon Dog. We're chanting Moon Dog at him. It didn't really work. Vince didn't like him with Axe. Belitti didn't really work. So quickly led him to being replaced by Barry Darso, and then obviously Rex and Spot would then team together in other various motions until about 1990 or so. But really, Rex was, uh, Randy Colley was was going to be smashed. He was going to be a big part of Demolition, who obviously everybody should know, arguably the greatest tag team of the Hogan era, one of the greatest tag teams of all time, 400-plus day WWF World Tag Team title run. So it was almost to be for Moondog Rex there. It was almost going to get a big spot, but no, it worked much better with Barry Dar. So I don't know about Moondog Rex and Axe being a great team together. Axe and Smash, yes. Worked brilliantly, worked perfectly. It's just one of those chemistry things that just you can't change that up. It's undeniable. You just you just can't mess with that. So probably a smart move in the long run. Well, not probably. It's definitely a smart move in the long run as far as that and as far as, you know, really the, the Moondogs being the Moondogs and Axe and Smash really being Barry Darso and Bill E. So with the Moondogs here, their last match in the WPF 12-8, 1986, the Islanders, Haku and Tama. Very uh, kind of underappreciated team. Love the Islanders. Defeated the Moondogs, Rex and Spot in Los Angeles, California at the Sports Arena, part of a house show. And that would be the last match for them as far as the uh, WWF, as far as the Hogan era. They would, of course, go to Continental, back to Memphis. They would go to, excuse me, they would go to Smoky Mountain. They would go to NWA, little WCW. So there were definitely USWA, of course, after that as well, but they were definitely not done. WWC in Puerto Rico, I mean, they were definitely not done wrestling, but they were done as far as the Hogan era is concerned. Now, as far as Hulk Hogan is concerned, because he is the obviously the main topic, the first match really that Rex and Hogan had together was 2-20-1981, pre-Hogan era, at the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, PA, best two out of three falls match Get this one. This is a really, really weird match. Really interesting, though. Captain Lou Albano, Hulk Hogan, and Moondog Rex defeated Gianni DeFazio, S.D. Jones, and Tony Gurria two to one to you know take two out of three falls there and get the win in about 19 minutes and 20 seconds. As far as the Hogan is concerned, 1984 is when they would be stepping in the ring for the first time together here. Really, it's just going to be Moondog Rex here to start it off. 210-1984, $30,000-18-man Battle Royal, WBF Wrestling at the Chase, Keel Auditorium in St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, the NWA was just there for the big 74 74th anniversary special there, 74 years in the making. But here, WBF is taking over the Chase, and Hogan and Moondog Rex are both in this match. Match goes about 13 minutes, 30 seconds, and the winner of the Battle Royal was Big John Stud. So then we move on to Memphis, Tennessee. Like I said, you want to draw a strong house. You want to, you know, let's sell out Memphis, even though it's not really you know our, our main territory here. It's much more of Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett's territory. But hey, let's bring in 
one of the originals. Let's bring in one of one of your guys, if you will, one of the Memphis homegrown guys. Put him in the main event against Hogan. You know, let's see how it sells out the convention center in Memphis. And it's interesting to note also on the card Billy Travis, who's a big time, obviously Memphis native and Memphis legend, lost to Jesse Ventura on that show. So then, of course, Mil Mascaris was on the show. He defeated Samu. And then the main event, Hulk Hogan defeats Moondog Rex. They do it again on the next date, 625-84, just literally immediately following the next day. Hulk Hogan defeats Moondog Rex in Louisville, Kentucky. Part of a house show there. Nice little, you know, back-to-back there in Memphis and Louisville, which obviously you CWA and USWA would do quite often. Billy Travis again on that card, losing to Paul Orndorff. Big John Studd again wins an 18-man battle royal. This time, Snooka defeated Samu in the semi-main. SD Jones defeated Moondog Spot in one of the semi-mains. And, of course, the main event, Hulk Hogan, like I mentioned, defeated Moondog Rex. Really just a, what an interesting kind of back-to-back there for the WWE trying to, you know, maybe cannibalize, maybe take some of uh, Lawler and, and Jared's talent away and, you know, maybe uh, try to use their own guys to sell. But then they go to Toronto, WWF, Maple Leaf Wrestling TV taping in Brantford, Ontario, 8-29-1984. This is a fun match. I was watching this the other day. I don't know why. I just I, I love some matches that are just shorter. I mean, you know the outcome, but it's just good because the crowd is so into it. But sometimes shorter, you know, longer doesn't necessarily matter. Sometimes short and sweet, boom. Bing, bang, boom, kind of get it over with. Hogan defeated Moondog Rex in 4 minutes, 30 seconds. Really fun match. Crowd is really into it. It's on YouTube if you want to check that one out. Then the next time they're in the ring together, 2-9-1985 at a WB House show at the Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland. $50,000 tag team battle royal won by Hulk Hogan and Hillbilly Jim. Other tag teams in that match were Windham and Rotundo, Mulligan and Snuka, Orton and Piper, Beefcake and Johnny V, George Wells and S.T. Jones, Fuji and Morocco, Sheik and Volkov, the Briscoe brothers, and of course, the Moondog, Spot and Rex. Pretty loaded tag division at that point in early 1985. The next time these two will be in the ring together, or actually, really these three would be the same night, the main event of that show. So it started, starts off early in the card with the $50,000 tag team battle royal, and then the main event, Hillbilly Jim and Hulk Hogan defeated the Moondogs, Rex, and Spot. Again, of course, the Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland. Good stuff there. As, as uh, uh, Sorry, I got that backwards. He'll be Jim and Hogan versus the Moondogs in the tag matches earlier on the night. Then the main event was the tag match. I'm sorry about that. With Hogan and Hillbilly Jim taking the win and getting the $50,000. So just a really, um, you know, good use of Hogan there. I mean, if you're, if you're at that show in Landover, Maryland, you got to see Hogan twice. Pretty damn amazing. So then 3-11-1986 championship wrestling TV taping at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. It's Spot's turn this time around to get a nice TV match with the Hulkster for the WBF World Heavyweight Championship. Hogan defeats Spot in about two minutes. Then on 6-24-1986, part of another TV taping at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York Championship Wrestling. Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff this time defeat the Moondogs. Rex and Spot, of course, in about four minutes. So they do have some history there, and I just love kind of going back and reliving it and talking about it because 
again, a lot of people may forget, like, oh, who's a part of, you know, Hogan's run? And he, who, you know, who, who got some title shots in 84 and 85 and 86? Well, Rex got two and, and Spot got one. So really kind of interesting the, the way that that all went down, that all happened, kind of rare. But if one of those trivia questions comes up, like, you know, who, who else, you know, had title shots, you know, the obvious ones, you know, you think of Bundy and Stud and Orndorff and stuff, but then you you really were like, wow, that's pretty awesome. I love those rare matches. Rex and Spider-Man, you can't get any more rare than that. And the Moondogs against Orndorff and Hogan leading into Orndorff turning on Hogan, like that big feud, which obviously will, will lead into the big event, which happens over the summer uh, in 1986. So good stuff there as far as the Moondogs. Really just love that feud. They're one of those teams you may have forgotten, but they were in the WF, 1984, 1985, 1986, and they had a good chunk of matches a nice little handful of matches against the immortal hulk hogan and just to kind of just cap it off with the moon dogs themselves like i mentioned awa southern tag team champions down the cwa in memphis iwccw tag team champs they were obviously um, a feud of the year in pwi with lawler and jared in the uswa the uswa tag team champions 14 times over they were uh wwc world tag team champions they were even wwf world tag team champions if you if you want to go back i mean this is obviously pre hogan era but if you you want to go back and you want to look at it it's pretty amazing that they were former wwf world tag team champions and you know it's not necessarily rex and spot you know the, the team you you know and love but still i mean it's, it's amazing that the moon dogs were able to do that technically speaking it was rex and spot but moondog king if you remember actually replaced them and one of them was actually unable to kind of go to, to canada when they were doing that so king actually would be replacing him but rex and spot technically speaking in 1991 along with king you could maybe you say Freebirds rules if you want but the moondogs were technically world tag team champions of the WF in 1981 so when they bring them back in 84 85 86 they have a completely different run for them and it's a completely different time period but still can't take that away from them and obviously in a lot of the matches they would mention that they were the tag champs and they kind of you know built them up that way this way when the killer bees and the islanders beat them they're beating the former champions and it's helping them really kind of get a big push that was actually a, a win over martel and Gurria, and then they would lose it right back to martel and Gurria. Eh, just about 80 days later or so. So really interesting stuff here about the Moondogs. I love talking about the rare teams. I love talking about matches you may have not known that Hogan was a part of. Really a great stuff here. Love talking about some rare guys. Love talking about Moondog Rex and Spot. So now let's hit the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Of course, if you want to listen to some old, tmpt interviews and go into the archives check out the interview with the immortal one himself the immortal hulk hogan joined the show also interviews with rick flair and many many others including dusty Rhodes and bruno sammartino so check those out please if you would but thank you everybody for tuning in to the hogan era we'll see you right back here next week folks have a good one this has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. 
You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, this boat, one fall with a 10-minute time limit. Introducing first, weighing 255 pounds, Moondog Rex. His opponent, now about to enter the ring area, from Venice Beach, California, weighing on his side. You know, Rex Moondog looked at me as if he was in a very carnivorous mood. Yes, indeed he does, and what a big monster this Moondog Rex is. He's not the prettiest looking thing, Moondog Rex, but I can imagine he probably can wrestle. Well, we're gonna find out right now, and so is Hulk Hogan, locking up with a big monster, and oh -ho! Wow. I bet that's happened only once in the career of Moondog Rex. That Rex is not a small man either. No, sir. Rex now locking up with a hookster, tries to go underneath, and no, oh. the hookster blocks it. The hook with Moondog! Oh. Sounded like a ton of lead striking the squared circle there. Moondog Rex back to the corner after the body slam. I think the Moondog was probably looking for his uh, little house to crawl back into. <laughs> he may be after this is over, but right now, Hulk Hogan looks like a giant cow bone or whatever. And look at this. Oh, my. Those are dog-like tactics. No! Hulk does not go out. Again, the attempt. Oh, but the Moondog goes straight back. Yeah, look at those jabs by the Hulkster. And the right hand is down goes Moondog Rex out to the outside. And a Hulkster on move. Moondog Rex on the go here. Oh. The Hulkster beats the count up down and again. He has electrified this crowd. Unfortunately for the Moondog, he has electrified the Moondog's spine. Not only does Hulk electrify the crowd, the crowd electrifies him. Uh, Hulk out there again. Hulkster rips the Moondog in. 
Hook himself back inside now. Moondog Rex to the rope. The hook there. Uh-oh. Oh, That Moondog was playing possum, laying on that floor at all that time, thinking exactly what to do. Ooh. Oh, look at that. That's over 300 and some pounds. And Unison, the fans, trying to get the hooker to get himself up, trying to help out. Moondog Rex hammers off the second rope into the back of the World Wrestling Federation champion. Boomer, Moondog Rex, all over Hulk Hogan, covers him, referee in perfect position. Uh, not quite a count of two. Moondog Rex taking over here on the incredible Hulk Hogan. Oh, my! Just leave that mic open, Vincent. Just listen to these people. Moondog Rex not letting up one bit on the champion. Moondog, even though this is a non-title match, Moondog Rex with a fabulous opportunity here should he defeat Hulk Hogan. Certainly he'd be first in line for a championship. And it looks pretty damn oh my oh. it looked real damn cover by moondog rex no only one get a look on the face of moondog rex he could not believe that hogan was able to kick out but hogan has unbelievable reserve unbelievable power and his scoop up goes a hookster now moondog rex has a hook in the air and slams him oh. a power slam to the canvas Oh, look at that. He does have a lot of fuel left in that tank. Catches a right hand. Hulkster trying to get himself up. Shaking. Moondog Rex laying on that. Moondog Black in a right hand by the Hulkster. Another one. Another one. Moondog Rex to the rope. Hulkster off. Oh, This place electrified. Even I'm coming off of my feet, Vince. Hulk Hogan scoops up Moondog Rex, drops into the canvas. Look at this. Come up. Here it comes. Drive! Oh. 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 That's what they come to see. Yes, indeed. The one and the only Hulk Hogan, victorious over Moon Dog Rex. Let's get the official decision. The winner of the match, the World Wrestling Federation champion, the incredible Hulk Hogan. Look at this, what the hooks are going to do. Oh, look at that. Look at that magnificent human being. Unbelievable. 303 pounds of World Wrestling Federation champion. Tell the people now that's your belt. Yes, indeed.
lot to go. Here, Moondog Rex, who proved to be a very tough competitor all the way. And then from there, this the final touch put on Moondog Rex. All poking up in the air and drops the huge drag across the head of Moondog Rex for another sensational victory.